Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome to On The Pace and from the Harness Racing community both in New South Wales and around Australia. Uh, Merry Christmas for yesterday, I hope you had a good day. I hope you're looking forward to some excellent harness racing predominantly in New South Wales tonight. We have three meetings Dubbo, Leeton and Bathurst, which is the big one. Uh, and we hope you have a great holiday period ahead if you are getting a chance to enjoy some time off. The harness racing season, of course, runs over the calendar year. That's from Jan 1 to December 31. So we are coming up to the end of the harness racing season. And joining us this morning for the first part of On The Pace is the Chief Executive, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales and John Dunazeda to talk about what's happened in 2022 and what we may see in 2023. Good morning to you, John. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas day. I know it's a special day to you and I'm sure you're looking forward to the races getting back up and running with Bathurst, Leeton and Dubbo tonight. We have a, a pretty big boxing day coming up. Uh, certainly, Michael, and it, it's traditional. And uh, all the best for this festive season to everybody that's uh, listening in today and for anybody that isn't but yes this is our traditional period boxing day is um, a wonderful day of racing in in harness racing in new south wales the shirley turnbull uh, memorial of course is the major event but then we've got the breeders plate and leeton so that's a major event down down there it's got a 30 30 40 year history um, and then we've got dubbo and, and it's one of their biggest meetings of the year but at dubbo i, I think we have our most unique um, situation. We have three three young girls, lovely young girls, Laura, Tian, and uh, Georgia Rustin. They're all driving in race seven tonight at Dubbo. Uh, first time that our records show us that three sisters, and they're not from Katoomba, they're from Parks, uh, three sisters are driving in one race here in New South Wales. Well, that is um, something I didn't know, John. Thanks for raising that. That's at 9.25 tonight. You'll see that on Sky. And to Laura, Tian and Georgia, best of luck for the Rustin family. Very proud moment for them coming out of Dubbo on a night where we have major racing, group racing coming out of both Leeton and Bathurst. John, good chance to review um, what's happened in 2022 before we talk about some of the big ticket items in 2023. Uh, hard year for lots of participants uh, in the industry, in lots of industries, with the floods and a lot of the things that came to New South Wales, particularly in the regions. Um, Harness Racing New South Wales, I thought, was, was able to provide really good support to people at an incredibly tough time. You must be very proud of the fact that you were able, um, financially and with man and woman power, to support the participants during that time. Yes, Michael, a challenging year, a year of contrast, but a year where, where Harness Racing New South Wales has, uh, for the last you know, several years, uh, pushed that we, we've, we're a great sport, we're a community sport, we're a fraternity sport, but we must also um, operate as a business. And, and we have the balances. Now, it started with um, the Miracle Mile, wonderful event, but who would have known with the first ever postponement uh, with those horrific storms what was going to eventuate? And we had um, the flooding through the Nepean and through um, the Hawkesbury and then through the Hunter and then for it to go as far as the, the Western Districts and the Riverina, um, we, we certainly became involved, but, but operating it as a business, we were in a position to provide support. And um, to date, um, Harness Racing New South Wales 
has provided um, over half a million dollars to uh, in flood subsidies. Now, that won't cover everything, but it's, it's something that will help towards um, our participants who have been affected. As I said, not totally to uh, what they were affected by, but somewhere near it. And then, of course, we'll move into 2023 with what we do with the communities of Yugara, Forbes and, and of course, Cara, because uh, the devastation there was um, it was something to see. Only last week I, I did a tour of those three tracks and um, the community, the harness racing people, is so, so strong that they'll be back and we'll be there to help them come back to racing in 2023 or maybe 2024. John, you mentioned the Miracle Mile being postponed an hour before the race. Everything was fine. Then the heavens absolutely opened and we had to put the race back a week, which oh, you sort of forget about. It was such a crazy incident. We did have success on the track with something which is relatively new, the TAB Regional Championships. They sort of came about almost by mistake a couple of years ago, and since then they've been huge. And, um, John, it's given people who, who live in the regions who don't compete at Menangle every Saturday night the chance to aim for their own group runs. Well, well, it certainly does. But let me just flick back to that miracle mile. Of course, we had King of Swing. Uh, his third Miracle Mile, three in succession. What a performance. Now, he stays in New South Wales, and, and it will be, in my opinion, a well-patronised stadium. That's already proven, but I think he'll he'll produce the goods. But then, when you say by mistake, uh, COVID hit with those regional championships, it was going to be the million-dollar pace. We saw an opportunity that we could spread uh, the money much further, and it has worked. Uh, the third edition... The state final, and there's five $100,000 uh, Group 1 finals, as they were, five different connections winning. Now, um, that hits the mark. That really um, uh, demonstrates that we're spreading that money uh, to every, uh, every, every participant uh, as best we can in New South Wales, from grassroots right up to the top level. John, the racing, the Harness Racing Act um, had some amendments in 2022, and a lot of people find governance something which is boring. They don't find it interesting, but of course, without good governance, the industry is in a world of pain. What were the major amendments to the Harness Racing Act? The first major amendment was um, we now have a Harness Racing Appeals Panel. That's a, that's a group of three people, distinguished uh, legal people and people experienced in the industry, who will hear the first the first shot of the peels after a, you know a trainer or a driver or someone else has been um, has been impacted by the stewards' decisions that will go there and then it'll go on. So that that started um, a, a week ago. So it's a new process that the, the participants must get uh, uh, accustomed to. But there were also other uh, changes for uh, accountability and transparency. And we have a group called HIRIC, Harness Racing Industry Consultation Group, consultation group, and that they will and they do meet with Harness Racing New South Wales. But they will have to be bringing forward what the rest of the industry um, is, is wanting them to take forward, not necessarily what is um, important individually to them. So those sort of things are what were in the Act, um, many other little bits. A, a bigger infamous uh, uh, impetus on uh, welfare, equine welfare, and we must always be um, vigilant to equine welfare, and we will be. It's, it's part of our social licence. We all love the horses. We all love the horses but we must make sure every single one of them um, pays attention to that. John, I saw the financial report for 2022 was tabled in Parliament last week. Was it a good report? It was a very good report. Um, uh, we showed a, a, a surplus, uh, which is, is a demonstration of good governance, 
uh, good business management. And, and as I say, we, 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 we provided subsidies to participants, but also, most importantly, we, we raised prize money again to record levels. It's the highest base prize money uh, across Australia. We have very, very strong bonuses for, um, for breeders and owners. But then again, we introduced something to help us and that is to help us with our horse population, we introduced that breed New South Wales in, in a sense that if you breed your mare in New South Wales to um, a particular stallion uh, level, you'll get um, $2,200 back on, on the birth of a live foal. Uh, on another level, you'll get 1500 back uh, on the birth of a live foal. So we're doing that to create a, a horse pool for future racing, remembering at all the time so that we have a rehoming company uh, and we must uh, look after those horses um, whilst they're racing, definitely. But after racing, after breeding, we certainly need to look after them. The rehoming company's done a marvellous job since it, it, it came under new management uh, back in about April of, of this year. Looking forward, John, one of the big question marks and one of the regular venues we hear about a lot on Sky Sport Radio is Penrith. And there is talk that Penrith may have to cease racing for the new sporting development there. What's the latest on Penrith? Well, the latest on that is that, that the Penrith Club, um, Jeff Payne and Tash, are working tirelessly to uh, reverse any decision if the government do make a decision. Now, they haven't made the decision on a compulsory acquisition of that paceway as yet. We've been meeting uh, with parliamentarians. We've been meeting for parliamentarians for both sides of government, the ones in power and the ones that are, are, are wanting to be in power. So that battle goes on. But whatever we do, we'll be doing everything. That's the club and Harness Racing New South Wales to protect the, the longevity of the Penrith Harness Racing Club and as best we can to remain on that site. If it comes about that um, a government make a, a decision that we don't agree with to, to build that sports stadium there and move the paceway off, we will be looking for con- continuity of racing right through until the club has to vacate and move to a new premises. The new premises will be in the uh, Penrith LGA. That's, a, that's the, the, the thought of it. But we must keep uh, very vigilant in that respect. Talk about the training centres, John, at, at Tamworth, Bathurst and, and Coolamon, because obviously a lot of money has gone into track development and training centre development over the last 10 years. And we know that the tracks are a lot better in New South Wales than they used to be, starting at the top of the tree with Menangle. What about the training centres in these three areas? Well, Menangle has a state-of-the-art training centre. We, we expanded it even further by acquiring the the water walker facilities there from Aquagate, a very successful business, but we took it over um, late this year. Bathurst, it will be something very special. There's 60 stables to be established there. The weather has impacted. We're behind time, but but time is is not of essence. We've got horses there at the showground. Tamworth's coming along very well, 100 stalls there, or a completely refurbished um, development. But um, then we, when we get to Coolman, it was very pleasing. Only last week, the government have put half a million dollars aside to create a business study into the establishment of an equine centre at Coolman, and we're part of it. We, we will have um, permanent stables there as well, and if we can, we'll get a rehoming facility there also. So um, we're certainly government are working well with us and we're working well with government to make sure that we future proof our industry here in New South Wales.
And John, what's the news on the potential of a new training centre in the Lower Hunter region? Uh, well, that may, may well be more than the training centre, uh, Michael. Um, hopefully, that's a new r- raceway. Now, that's not to say there's anything uh, uh, wrong with where we're racing at Newcastle International Paceway. We have a, a licence to race there until 2047. But there's great opportunity for the community of Newcastle in that space. So if we can, and, and we've proven um, it can be established, a new um, racing centre in the in the Lower Hunter, uh, we will certainly be moving along those lines. Um, uh, we basically only need the government, to, a government, whether this one or the next one, to tick the box on that one because the business case um, on that uh, on that move, it just ticks every single box that anyone could put for you. So if, if it occurs, it'll be a brand new facility, um, state of the art. Uh, it, it will be another master track that we have here in New South Wales. And as I say, it's about future-proofing. John, in the new season in September, we have the TAB Eureka, the the biggest slot race held for harness racing in the world and a race with over $2 million in stakes. Do you think the Eureka is going to hit the mark? Because at the moment, we have the potential for horses like Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame to be there. So even eight or nine months out, people seem to be talking about this and not just about the stakes, but about the actual horses. Well, it certainly has already hit the mark. You you are correct, Michael. It's um, people talking about it. We've got people in the thoroughbred industry talking about it. We've got people in the greyhound industry talking about it, how good it is. We've got people out of the thoroughbred industry buying into um, the one of these slots at least and probably more. So it will be it. It, it all comes down to it's now up to the administrators to, to promote the race. The race will be outstanding. We will have the best horses there. We will have a focus. But we have to make sure we generate that focus. Similar to what we did with the Inter-Dominion in, in 2021, we were able to get um, the on Sky Thoroughbred Central, which is the leading by far um, telecast of racing station in Australia. Um, people talk about free-to-air. Racing people watch that. Feed, free to wear, then feed off it. But the Intermenion was outstanding. We had the, the, the three nights and then that. So when we come to this Eureka, it will have to be, and it will be, shown across the world, and it will be shown to everyone in Australia as well. John, the feature race calendar has been, uh, not messy, but it's been disorganised, I think, over the last couple of years. And New South Wales has been strong enough to hold its own ground, whereas... Other places, carnivals have bounced from one area to another. Do you think we've got it right yet? And have New South Wales got what they want out of it yet? Because obviously we had COVID and some race meetings were delayed. And the Breeders' Challenge, for example, was a race meeting that went to later in the season. Are you happy heading into 2023 that the feature races are where they should be? Well, what we've got already for 23 is only half the calendar. So that's a true indication that, that administrators across Australia aren't really settled on that calendar. So there's more work to be done. Hopefully it will be done in in January where we finish the second half of 2023. It needs tweaking, certainly needs some tweaking. Uh, We can't have an early season, a late season, and impact on the good horses that had to roll out of of the, the, the Breeders' Challenge races or the Vic Bread or the Breeders' Crown into the major... Uh, uh, derbies and oaks at around Miracle Mile time in February, March. So we have to do some tweaking then. And of course, we've got the Eureka, as you say, that's in September. We have to work each way. Um, uh, for mine, personally, um, the Breeders' Crown is, is 
the most established in Victoria, the most established age races, that they carry the most prize money, so they must have an important place, and the rest have to move around it. And it becomes down to a, a straight clash between Vic Bread and New South Wales Breeders' Challenge, so as to allow that space after the end of the three, two- and three-year-old races to go into the new year, we, we really seriously have to look at it, not only as administrators, but as participants. Um, because, you know, you might say that um, this guy's always going to have the best horses and we're doing it for him. One day, we all dream of buy, breeding that horse, buying that horse that will race in these big races. So we need to make sure it's, it's as equ equitable as it can be. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it's a choice thing. Do, do you go in the Bathurst Gold Crown? Do you go in the Nutrient or APG Series? Do you go in the Breeders' Challenge? Do you go in the Vic Bread? Do you go into to, uh, the Breeders' Crown? They're, I'm only talking New South Wales and Victoria here. Then we've got Queensland. Western Australia is a bit far away, but down the eastern seaboard, we really have to look at that closely. John, uh, we, we mentioned on the show, and you, you've deliberately not wanted to make much hoopla about this, but after an adult lifetime in administration of harness racing in New South Wales. You said you were intending on standing down next year from at least this role if you are maybe going to be picked up for another one. Is that still the case? And if so, do you know, and are you allowed to tell us, who's going to be the new boss of harness racing in New South Wales? Well, one thing there, um, some people think that I haven't, I'm still a juvenile, so the adult life thing might be just put to a side. But, <laughs> but leaving, leaving that little bit of frivolity aside, um, yes, certainly, uh, you know, um, people, people uh, you know, they, they take a role, they fulfil a role. I, I started uh, in harness racing in the administration part in, in the early 80s. Uh, with the Parks Harness Racing Club, then went to Harold Park and the New South Wales Harness Racing Club. And, and then since 2014, I've been in this role um, which uh, for eight years, which I believe is, is sufficient time. You need to introduce new people with fresh ideas. Uh, those people that, that have had those ideas and taken the sport to wherever they've taken to it. And, and I've got to say, I'm more than proud of my my contribution amongst any others to where we are in New South Wales. But it, it, it's time to move on. As far as another role is concerned, um, well, uh, that will be interesting in, in, in at least, but I'm not in a position to um, say any more on that point. <laughs> John, look, thank you for the update. It's been, uh, it's been great to tick off all this information. And we do head to Bathurst tonight, Leeton, and, uh, and of course we've got Dubbo as well. So we've got plenty of harness racing to look forward to. Before you know it, John, round the corner, we're going to have a Chariots of Fire with Captain Ravishing coming and a Miracle Mile Carnival, which is shaping as the best racing carnival of the year. So, John, we thank you for the update, um, particularly on a public holiday. Uh, we'll be bothering you again before you leave the business, if in fact you leave the business full time. That's a We'll leave that one hanging for another day, John, but thank you for taking the time to update the participants and for some of our galloping and greyhound people to find out how harness racing's getting on, mate. Yeah, Michael, and the other thing is we move into 2023. We must move into 2023 with a positive outlook. Don't be pessimist. Don't be negative. Be positive. Always find the positive in what you're doing. Now, early uh, early in the year, we will, we've got a Breeders' Challenge review on that I encourage every participant to have their say. Don't have their say after the fact, have it now. But we'll be going out on some road shows in early February, as we do every year. And we'll be out there um, listening to our participants. And a lot of things that participants tell us, we actually 
Um, we, we can't do everything because we've got to find the balance, but we actually introduced those. So that's something to look forward to in 2023. But be positive. Whatever you do, be positive. Don't be negative because you're only ruining it for yourself. Thanks, John. I appreciate the, uh, all the words there out of the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales. That's John Dumasy, who may stand down in 2023 from that role, but I get a feeling someone might try and snap him up for another one. Uh, Jack Callaghan is a guy who's had a great 2022. I've only got five minutes with him today, but he's driving one of the favourites in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial. Jack, you must be pretty thrilled with how 2022 went for you, as I say good morning. Yeah, good morning, Mick. It was uh, a really good year for me um, on the track, so hopefully we can build on it and improve next year. Well, you might get a feature race win tonight. You're driving Mark Shard in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial. And look, I thought the 2790 would suit him a lot better than some of the horses here. So initially, the second-line barrier draw doesn't look great. But I was thinking you can overcome that. I thought they might go a little bit hard for their own good here. And you might get a chance to, to outstay most of them. Yeah, the triple definitely suit him. He's a group one winner already over a longer trip so that's definitely no worries and from that gate as you said we'll just probably need a little bit of speed on to bring us into it but i definitely rate him as one of the better ones um in this race so his class should take him a fair way mate you got a pretty busy night uh in the sulky tonight unusually for you you've got a couple of ones at longer rods what's one our listeners at home who Looking for a couple of winners at a Bathurst. What's one they can have a few dollars on tonight, mate? Uh, I think my next best is probably for the boss uh, in race six. He's only had the two starts and he improved a lot from his first to the second run. And um, this is the best gate he's had for a little while. So um, hopefully he can improve again and go pretty close. Does he have the gate speed to, to try and use barrier one? Yeah, it seems like he does. I've never driven him in under race conditions before, but he uh, seems to come out of the gate pretty good, so I'm expecting him to definitely be in a fourth position. Mate, how does the week unfold for you? Because obviously we have uh, we had no Menangle last Saturday night, so that was unusual. Do you find yourself driving plenty this week, or is it a bit disjointed? No, I'm probably just going to have a bit of a quieter week, Nick, uh, Raced on Friday at Maitland and then had a few days off with the family for Christmas and the like. So racing the night and then uh, might have another few quieter days. Jack, what's the horse you're looking forward to most out of yours in 2023? Because obviously Spirit of St. Louis has been your flagship horse. And look, he had a good into Dominion, but he, he sort of had a bit of a bobble there at the end. Things didn't quite go that well on the back half of the Interdoms. Outside of him... What's a horse you're driving that you think can get you a nice race or at least compete in a nice race in 2023? It'd have to be a peaceful mix. She's a two-year-old filly that um, well, is about to turn three now and she'll be targeting the New South Wales Oaks. So she showed plenty of promise uh, this year and um, raced really well through the Breeders' Challenge Series and just ran into a absolute superstar of major delight so hopefully um, with the spell she can improve again and um, strengthen up to you know the Oaks distances and I think she'll uh, take a lot of beating throughout those types of series. 
Well, mate, um, well done on a huge 2022. You've done your family proud, you and your young bunch of mates who have been travelling around Australasia have done yourselves proud with the way you've gone in major serious races, mate. So, Jack, thank you for your time for the Sky Sport Radio listeners this year, and we look forward to talking to you more in the next year, in the new years. Yep, not a worry, Mick, any time. Thanks, mate. Yeah, Jack Callaghan does a great job from a racing family, and I know that his dad's super proud of him. I'm sure the rest of the family is too, but they don't text me to tell me. Dad does. Um, tonight at Leeton, by the way, we have the uh, the Breeders' Plate. It's the two-year-old race, and it's a beauty. But Blazing Home deserves to be the favourite there. That's race five at Leeton, number three. It's snuck down to Melton and won a good race down there. So, look, it's a really good Breeders' Plate. Well done to the Leeton Club on getting a hot field together tonight. Not a big field, but it's a hot field. Um, best of luck to them. Uh, as we heard earlier from John, a remarkable occurrence tonight at Dubbo. We have three sisters driving in the same race, which his record-keeping suggests is the first time that's ever happened in New South Wales. That's the Rustin family. Good luck to Team Rustin. You will be racing against each other, but I'm sure it'll be a remarkable video for the family to have in the future. And the feature of the night is at Bathurst. It is Shirley Turnbull Memorial Night there. First race at Bathurst goes at 6.22, so... If you feel like some harness racing, either sitting down and watching it on Sky or heading to the track, you have plenty of options. Tomorrow we race at Bankstown during the day and New South Wales rolls on through the week. Back to Bathurst on Wednesday and on Thursday we head to Penrith and Tamworth. Thanks for listening this morning. I know there's lots going on in people's lives. I hope that filled in some time for you on a boxing day before you start punting. I hope you win some money. Do so responsibly. That's Sky Sports Radio's On The Pace. We'll be back with Brittany Graham at 10.30 on Wednesday morning for our next dose of harness racing.